You're listening to the eFree Lethbridge Podcast. Today we're continuing our series on Hebrews 11, and we've entitled this series, The Stories We Tell, and it's all about the faithfulness of God to his people. And kids that are with us this morning, I just want to encourage you, there is a pamphlet to fill out and follow along in the sermon, and one of the questions is this, do you have any questions that are unanswered? And I would love to talk to you about that uh, after the sermon. As I said, the whole theme of the book of Hebrews is really, uh, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't go back. Jesus is who he said he was. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Today we look at some beautiful artwork, and it was done, uh, and I'm going to butcher her name by Oya, Oila, Oya. Sorry, name. I asked Ken like 15 times to to help me with the pronunciation, but Oya left Ukraine for Canada nine years ago. And and Abraham's story has always been meaningful and inspiring to her and relatable because like Abraham, she left her homeland and God has indeed showed himself faithful to her. So this is her painting, which will be hung in our lobby. As we've learned throughout this series, faith is putting my trust in something or someone. Faith is putting my trust in something or someone. And indeed, it is air show weekend here in Lethbridge, and I thought I would give you this analogy. Getting on a plane is indeed an act of faith. I put my faith, my trust in the plane to do that what I cannot do. Fly me to Hawaii. Take me to where I'm going. And here's something I want us to see. Whether you have tons of faith in the plane or you have little faith in the plane, both of us are going to Hawaii. It isn't so much dependent on how much or how little. It depends on what your faith is in. Faith gets you to Hawaii because planes can be trusted. What the author of Hebrews wants us to see and for us to be assured in and confident in is that God can be trusted with your life, so put your faith in him. There's three biblical truths about faith that I want to put in front of you that I'm going to reference in Abraham's story as we kind of take this 747 view of Abraham's life. Number one, faith is essential for life with God. The Christian life starts and ends with faith. Without faith, you ain't getting to Hawaii. Today, we put our faith in many things. People, career, finances. Most of all, I think today, we are told to put our faith where? In ourself. Live your truth. The problem is, friends, We were not designed and created to live that way. Kids, do I look like Buzz Lightyear to you? (laughs) Somebody say no. 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 Yes, thank you. I appreciate that, son. I'll get you a prize after. (laughs) No, I can't fly, right? I need a plane for that. Just like if you want to discover what you're made for, you need Jesus for that. 
If you want to discover who you are, what you're made for, where you're going, you need Jesus for that because faith is essential for life. Life truly starts, truly starts with faith in Jesus. None of these stories in Hebrews 11 could have happened without imperfect, broken, sinful people putting their faith in something other than themselves. Faith is essential for the purpose-filled and for the meaning-filled life. Number one, faith is essential for life with God. Number two, faith is a spiritual muscle that grows as it is applied. Faith is a spiritual muscle that grows as it is applied. Think about it. The more you fly on a plane, the more assurance you have in the plane to get you to where you're going. When looking at Abraham's story, his first act of faith was not taking Isaac up the mountain. His first act of faith was leaving. According to our text, that test, that test of Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain came years after Abraham learned to live by faith. It was a muscle that God was developing in his life. So just like your faith can grow, your faith can also diminish if it isn't applied to living. Because faith is a spiritual muscle. And number three, faith is more than mere belief. Faith is more than mere belief. Jesus doesn't differentiate between faith and belief, but we have. See, you can believe that planes fly and yet remain in the airport. Faith is more than a cognitive intellectual belief. Faith drives action. Look at Hebrews. By faith, by faith, by faith, what? They acted. As James says, faith without works is dead. Today, I wonder if some of us in the church are standing in the airport, believing and seeing planes fly, but aren't getting on the plane. Sure, I said the sinner's prayer. Years ago, I said the sinner's prayer. I believe in Jesus. That's all I have to do, right? I'm good. You're standing in the airport. As Mark Clark writes, we can't just think our way into Christianity. We live our way in. Hebrews 11 exemplifies that indeed faith is how we live our way in to the life that God has called for us to live. We live our way in. And this morning, church, I want to put three postures in front of you from Abraham's story that reveal his faith, three postures that if we posture our life around these things, they will be catalytic to us being defined as people of faith. So here they are. Genesis 11, verse 8. It was by, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave. Circle that word, leave, number one posture, to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. 
He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived. Circle that live. Number two posture. He lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in a tent. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same problem. Verse 10. Abraham was confidently looking. Circle that look. Looking, third posture, forward to a city with eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. 11.8, leave. 11.9, live. 11.10, look. Three postures of faith. By faith he left, by faith he lived, and by faith he looked. So posture number one, leave. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. He went without knowing where he was going. Genesis 12 describes it this way. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I want you to notice something here. Did Abraham know the details and the plan of what and where God was calling him? No. God said, leave first. And once you leave, I will show you. So, my friends, if Abraham didn't leave, he would not discover God's plan and purpose for his life. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 39, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Luke 9, 24, those who lose their life will gain it. Luke 5, verse 11, they left everything, the disciples, and followed him. Indeed, my friends, you will not discover God's plan and purpose for your life without leaving. See, Genesis 12 is preceded by Genesis 11. And Genesis 11 describes a people who are creating a world without God, where their desire and their affection and their passion are not for God, but for the things of the world. They were building and pursuing a life for themselves. And thus God says to Abraham at the beginning of chapter 12, you can't stay here and have me. You must leave. Church, every Christian is called to leave. And that may not be a physical move, but I guarantee you, you will be called to leave something and some place and some people behind. It is a move from self-dependency to God-dependency. It is a move out of the known and the familiar and into a life of faith in God. You could imagine that this wasn't easy for Abraham. As one author writes about her move, we don't know exactly what we are moving toward, but we do see clearly what we are leaving behind. The only lives that we've ever known. This was Abraham leaving behind the only life that he ever knew. 
So why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, just like Jesus' disciples, it's because Jesus, it's because God had something better. And I wonder, friends, if we've made the call of Jesus on our life so familiar that he's become underwhelming. It seems so incredibly hard for us to imagine leaving everything we know because we don't see what the disciples and Abraham saw. God has something better in store. Hebrews eleven fifteen. If Abraham and Sarah wanted to go back, they could have. They could have gone back. But they were looking for a better home, a heavenly homeland. Yes, it was hard, but not compared to staying. Hmm. The leave was worth it. A truth that continues to be made concrete in my life is that Jesus has more for your life than anything this world can offer you. But friends, you gotta leave your world behind to discover him. Jesus doesn't let you stand in the airport and believe that planes can fly. He calls you. Get on the plane. You won't discover my plan and my call without leaving. And friends, some of you this morning refuse to embrace this posture of leaving. This belief that you could remain as you are, you can remain where you are, you could remain in the familiar and the comfortable and follow Jesus, but you can't. And maybe as I'm speaking right now, he is prompting you. This is the thing. This is, this is the place. This is the person that you are clinging to. And it is time to let go. It is time to leave. Why? Because indeed I got more for your life. You can't discover who and what you're made for without leaving. Posture number one. By faith, Abraham left. Posture number two, live. Posture number two, live. And even when he reached the land that God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in a tent. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Remember Chelsea's sermon last week, when that word even appears, it's emphasis even when he reached the land, this matters, even when he reached the land, he lived there by faith. So not only do we, aren't only are we called to live by faith in leaving, we are called to live by faith in living. And there's two examples I think that Abraham gives us here that point to how he lived by faith. Number one, it's that living in the tent thing. <laughs> and number two, it was in his waiting for the promise. 
Number one, living in a tent. Number two, waiting for the promise. Number one, verse nine, for he was like a foreigner living in a tent. A foreigner, as we know, this is someone who's living away from home. But Abraham arrived in the promised land. This is the land that God gave him. So isn't this his homeland? No, he still clung to that identity as a person living away from home. Why? Verse 10, he was looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. We too, like Abraham, are designed for the world to come, not designed for this world. We too are foreigners and exiles. What's up with the tents? Well, it's an identity symbol. These are not permanent locations. Abraham is not attached to the world. By faith means that I'm living, and as I live, I'm becoming less attached to this world and more attached to the world that is to come. And this is a process. As we talked about earlier, faith is a muscle that is either increasing or decreasing in your life. And if you're like me, the way that muscle decreases and grows apathetic is through distraction and through trying to secure your future in the world. That pulls you away from living by faith. We are too easily attached to the kingdom of the world. And friends, we just simply are not designed to live that way. We are not designed to live and thrive attached to the world. That only comes when you're attached to the kingdom of God. Amen? Jesus says, don't store up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Seek first my kingdom where moth and rust can't destroy. This is living by faith. I'm a foreigner and I live in a tent. Abraham's passion and affection and desire for the next world trumped his passion and affection and desire for this world. Is that true for us? So two examples of living by faith. Number one, he lived in a tent. And number two, he waited for the promise. Check this out. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac to be born. Yes, he doubted. Yes, he grew apathetic. The scripture tells us that. But in his doubt, he was led to faith. It took him faith to leave, friends. But I'd almost argue and put it in front of you that it took him more faith to believe that God would still provide him a son. 25 years. Man, leaving was easy. Waiting 25 years. Again, God was building Abraham's spiritual muscle of faith. By faith he left. By faith he lived. By faith he waited. I think, friends, what the author wants to emphasize is that faith is indeed not a one-time thing but a continuous call on our life. If my faith story is just about when I put my faith in Jesus 20 years ago, I feel like I'm missing out, huh? But so many of us, that's it. Faith is just not a one-time thing. 
We are called to live by faith. Uh, last year, I was sitting in McDonald's with Jeremy. And you want to have spiritual revelation, go to McDonald's. <laughs> I know, I see some of you in there all the time. But I just thought about this this morning, uh, Jer. I sat in the exact same seat with Jeremy as I was preparing for a move in my life. As I did 10 years ago, I sat with Ian, the lead pastor, in that same seat in McDonald's when I was preparing for a move in my life. And that was my move uh, out to Lethbridge. And, and this one was my move out of young adults and into the army. I can remember in May, the Lord said, okay, Luke, I affirm... I affirm your, your role as a chaplain in the army, and now it's time to leave young adults. I'm like, okay. So I, I came back, and I, I said to Jeremy, this is what I feel like has been happening this year. God's been calling me to this, and, and we talked about it. And I said, Here, here's my plan. And you'll know it's not God's plan, but here's my plan. <laughs> the army has me going away for basic training for three months. So when they give me that join instructions, uh, that'll be my cue, okay, let go of young adults. But as Siobhan probably knows, the good old CAF and government job can be filled with a little bit of bureaucracy where this stuff doesn't always happen in the timeline that you want. And so months went by, and here are Jeremy and I waiting, in, sitting in McDonald's together. And we both recognized that I was getting in the way of Will coming into young adults and taking over. It was time for me to move, to get out. What did God say? Firm the army, leave young adults. What am I doing? I'm waiting. I'm waiting till I get this security that when I go on this leave of absence, I'm going to get paid. Jeremy and I both said, let's just take a step of faith. After we made that decision and I said, I'm out. Will's coming in. I'll get out of the way. Two hours later, I got my email from the army with my joint instructions. Amen. Friends, we are not just called. Faith is not just a one-time thing that I need. I'm called to live by faith. It's a continuous thing. It's a continuous thing. So we leave by faith. We live by faith. And the last one is this. We look by faith. Verse 10. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Circle that word, look. By faith, he looked. Look is a posture that every Christian must learn and apply if they want to be defined by faith. As we read Genesis 12, I want you just to look at the I wills. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. See, by faith, we look to God's promise to bless and give inheritance and provide and show up and be with and deliver. In Genesis 15, we read about Abraham doubting God, and God replies, look to the sky. Look, look, look to the sky. 
Look at those stars. I will give you an heir, and your descendants will be as many as them. Abraham looked, and then it says he had faith that God would do it. See, by faith, Abraham continued to look to God and his promises, even though he didn't understand or see the promises being worked out in his reality. Questions like, where are you, God? Why did this happen, God? What are you possibly doing, God? These are questions that Abraham probably asked and questions that we often ask. And in them, in those questions, the way we live by faith is not by having the answer to the unanswerables, but indeed by where we focus and look. God and his promise. Yes, the Bible answers big questions. Yes. But ultimately, the Bible isn't designed to lead us to every answer to every single life question. The Bible is designed to lead us to a person, the person of Jesus. I love how Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. How do we win with perseverance? How do we live when we don't understand everything? We look to Jesus. We look, we look, we look. I say all of this because the story of Isaac and Abraham is one of the most difficult stories for me to read. It bothers me. It confuses me. And as much as I've looked at it, I still don't completely understand it. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. It was by faith that Abraham offered a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Of course, we read this story in hindsight. God provided. And there's lots of theological points that can be taught and that could come out of this story. That's why this story is listed here. And yet, it still unsettles me. Big questions arise. The why, the where, the what. How are things going to work out for God's good and for Isaac and Abraham's good? Because before there was hindsight, there was a father and his son walking up to do an unthinkable act of so-called faith. Genesis 22, as Siobhan just read. I'm just going to do verse 3 here. I'm not going to read the whole scripture again. 22 verse 3. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up 
and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little further and we will worship there and then we will come back. Verse 22, verse 4. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place. What did he tell his servants? Stay here. We will come back. Something happened in that look, my friends. Third day, looked up, saw the place, said to the servant, we're coming back. The place that he saw, they were going to Moriah. This place was only a few, look at this church. This place was only a few hundred feet from the hill of Calvary, crucified thousands of years later. He looked up and he saw the place, the text says. Jesus says something fascinating in John 8, verse 56. Here it is. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and he was glad. He saw it and he was glad. On the third day, Abraham looked up to the place and said to his servants, we are coming back. Jesus says, Abraham saw my day. Could it be? that on the third day, when Abraham looked up, he saw another third day coming, that resurrection was coming. Could it be in that moment of looking up that Jesus showed Abraham there is only one son that is going to die for the sins of the world, and it ain't your son. Indeed, Jesus saw Abraham's day because he looked up. In seeing Jesus' day, Abraham had the faith and confidence to keep walking and to say to the servants, we are coming back. We are coming back. My son ain't dying today. Because he saw Jesus' day. Friends, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of those big unanswerable questions, the whys, the wheres, the hows. In the midst of our doubt, in the midst of questioning God, in the midst of the anxiety and the thoughts that are rushing through your head as you walk up the mountain, look. Hebrews 11, look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. No one and nothing else, look to him. By faith, leave by faith live, and by faith keep your head up looking. Run with perseverance, because church, we know what happened on the third day, don't we? We have seen Jesus' day just like Abraham. Amen? Amen. Amen. May it be so. Thanks for listening to the E-Free Lethbridge podcast. We'll see you next week.